My name is Renair Neverember. My father was once the open lord of Waterdeep, and though he were not perfect, since his reign this once great city of splendors has become the domain of cultists, cut purses, and cruelty. Though it pains me to admit, there may be but one way to save our city from these wanton villains, and that is with villains of our own. It is autumn in Waterdeep. It's been one month since a fateful meeting in the Yawning Portal bonded a morally questionable collection of cosmopolitan adventurers. At the end of their first night out, the group received the deed to a dilapidated mansion, and in renovating the property into a brand new business, the four had begun to build a cozy life together. Blitz Avianosets, former captain of the currently missing Crown of Midas, avoided her anxiety over what would happen if her family discovered her missing ship and dove into the life of a well-connected Waterdavian socialite, assisted by her new vampire patron. Zig of the Alibi slowly adjusted to the irascible ways of their new party, probing the city for dark magics whose purpose is only known to Zig. Managing two businesses in the deep would be challenging, but if this outing could create half as much misery as a nightclub did, the Lady of Pain would be pleased. Considering his blade had conquered nations, Brayden Stabiner was truthfully slumming it with his new companions, but it had provided him the perfect cover to chase underworld pursuits of his own, as well as cultivate the spark of darkness he saw in the heart of his new dragonborn ward. And Misra Tistin, having turned her back on Menzo Baranzon, immersed herself in the many loud splendors of the surface world, making an unlikely friend along the way, J.B. Nevercott, an underdark immigrant turned local haberdasher. In exchange for instruction with her stolen firearms, Misra had promised Nevercott the handkerchief of a Waterdeep noble, and one day, Misra approached the party with an idea, a grand opening lighting up Trollskull Alley for one night only to celebrate the success that had come to them so quickly. Though it was entirely out of the ordinary for a suggestion like this to come from Misra, the party would not spend one single moment second-guessing it. And so, we begin the third chapter of our story, here at the edge of the Crown Ward, where the youngest member of our criminal band readies herself for the evening ahead. We're going to go all the way back in time. Blitz, mm. you hatch out of an egg. What do you do? What? <laughs> I hatch out of the egg and I look around for something shiny. Uh, it's your microphone. You're recording a podcast now. Okay, so Blitz. Yes. You are in your room at the Alibi and tonight is the grand opening of your new business. Mm -hmm. How do you get ready for the party? Well... The first thing I do is I put on some makeup because in my family we like to use like the gold paints. So I'm doing like some cool designs. I'm not as good <laughs> at it as some of my other family members. <laughs> is there like a ranking system in the makeup or are you just putting on fancy makeup? Um, I kind of like the idea of it having meaning. I just don't know what that would be necessarily. From looking at the other pictures of my family members, like sometimes they do like the lightning bolt eyeliner. Maybe it's not necessarily a, a symbol, but like the more extravagant the design, the higher rank. So maybe it's like how many ships you are have or something. Yeah, so I only have one. Mm -hmm. So you just have the base standard lightning bolts on your... Yeah, and then I look in the mirror and realize that my ship is missing and oh, 
maybe I should take it off. And then mm -hmm. I think about it. I'm like, but I'm still the captain, even though it's not here. So. Please. Hello. Are you in there? Hold on a second. I open the door and I peek over. Yes. Well, I, I are you decent? I have something that may help with your preparations. Okay, sure. I open the door. Excellent. Well, ooh, well, this room is fancy, I bet. Tons of clothes on the ground that have been thrown everywhere because clearly she's been trying things on and then being like, no, and then throwing them <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, your, your, indec your indecision may be at an end, I imagine. This is one of the perks of being the ward of Braden's demeanor. Here you are. Oh, I love presents. Thank you so much. And I open it up. My young ward, it's important for you to look the part, and so I have perfectly tailored, I think you will find, to your specifications, a special sort of armor. What? For a rogue like you, it is golden, which is your color scheme, is it not? Yeah, Blitz already has it on. <laughs> like, she she opened the package, saw it was gold, and while you've been talking, like, just already, like, stripped, put it back on. <laughs> Did not care. <laughs> yes, even though it has your trademark flair, you will find that once you enter the shadows, it will not draw undue attention, and your stealth checks will not be affected by the fact that you are wearing extravagant gold. It is called glint leather, and it is particularly crafted by these fine artisans down at the Rogue Depot. She's, like, looking around it, like, is there a button? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, as, you're, as you're looking around the, the, the coat, you actually find a little uh, black card with some gold leaf writing on it. Ooh. Well, check check this out though, real quick. Watch this. So I, you, I see you found the little business card with the description. We yes. should definitely read that in a moment. But okay. check this out. You see how it is gold leaf on top of like a black business card, right? Yes. Watch what happens when I pass the shadow of my hand over the business card. Oh, what happens? See how the gold lettering disappears? Ooh. Oh. Okay, okay. Brayden, pretend I am sneaking up on you, and I turn off the lights and go to hide. <laughs> you turn off the lights. Yeah. <laughs> we snuff out the candles. <laughs> Very well. I will pretend I do not know where you are. Okay, here okay, we go. Now, Stealth now check. Michael, don't don't listen. Uh, Janelle, where yeah. are Blitz? Where are you hiding? I try to climb up stealthily on top of my four-poster bed. <laughs> okay. Now, does your four-poster bed have a wood or fabric top, do you think? You know what? Why don't you roll stealth and we'll decide that. <laughs> I rolled a 20. 30, 20. But... And now, Brayden, oh, yeah. how good are you looking? Brayden will turn around and make a big show of looking around. Looking this way. Looking this way, he rolls perception and intentionally, mind you, gets an eleven. <laughs> uh, your plans are laid out perfectly, as you do not see Blitz at all, stealthily hidden behind on the top of the of the wooden frame of her four poster bread. Where is my young ward? Completely invisible at the moment. I believe it is working like a charm. I jump down to a grapple check. <laughs> Brayden? That's, that's awesome. Brayden's super into it. Make, uh, make your, make your athletics check. <laughs> make an athletics check with advantage, of course. Oh, I got a nat 20, so a to total of 23. Well, well done, my young ward. For once, you have me at a disadvantage. The four of you prepare to arrive for the grand opening of your business in Brayden's elegant carriage, pulled by Gravensby, dressed to the nines in a top hat, as well as Tho, who is sitting behind him, also wearing a top hat, and they seem to be getting along surprisingly well. As you round the corner of Trollskull Alley, you can only see glimpses of the packed crowd outside through the narrow slits in the carriage curtains. Is there anything you'd like to say to one another privately in these last few moments before the festivities begin? Well, I have something for the occasion, and I... <laughs> Braden takes out a, a bottle of uh, Equinox Gardens, 1312. <laughs> a fine vintage! It was a warm summer! Little surprise, little pre-gaming for all of us. Good, that'll help, because I'm kind of nervous about this whole thing, so... Well, I... 
I, all of the preparations are underway and now all that we have to do is enjoy ourselves and the first step to that is pre-gaming so <laughs> I have poured for each of you a cup of the wine can I roll for perception to see if it's blood <laughs> uh, you can yes I'm gonna do that 13 is it blood, Mike? You can tell that every glass except for mine is blood. Is not blood. Oh, <laughs> I was like, whoa! Oh, what a twist! My glass is blood. You guys all got wine. Great, then I drank it. Chug, chug, chug. Yeah, Zig's already <laughs> going for a refill. Oh, here you go. Glug, glug. Is there anything that Zig and Mizra want to say to establish that they exist as characters? <laughs> um, if we can avoid some of the ruckus that we've gotten to, that'd be great. So uh, nobody get into a fight. Mostly me. Don't. If you see me getting into a fight, don't <laughs> let it happen, please. I don't want another. I can't. I don't think I can take two swords through my stomach, please. Do you think we should establish like a safe word? <laughs> I like your ways. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> suggestions. Safe word. Um, how about? And Zig is going to turn and look out towards you know the the entry. Oh, my dear. Did they really spell dragon with two O's? <laughs> who, who was in charge of proofreading? <laughs> the Dragoon Saloon. Actually, it has a nice... It does roll off the tongue, it does Dragoon it? Saloon. I mean, that's more of a code sentence. But I mean, we're here now, aren't we? You sure are. And your carriage pulls up to the entrance of um, the Dragoon Saloon. I have fully written a, a scene here where I was going to put you guys on the spot for not having come up with a name, but you have in the previous minutes, so we're just going to skip right by that. <laughs> great. Already off to a great start ruining the DM's plans. <laughs> um, your carriage pulls up to the front of a crowd. Uh, a half-elf reporter from the Waterdeep Wazoo is out front, speaking into a crystal ball, broadcasting his words to anyone with a crystal vox in their homes. Live from the magic carpet, it's the grand opening of the Dragoon Saloon. My name is Third House Riley, and I have never seen Troll Skull Alley packed like this. All the stars are out tonight in the City of Splendors. Who's this? Oh, it's Moriana Coraline. Hello, Moriana. You're looking divine as ever. And oh, is that? Yes, it is. It's Rainer Neverember. Hello, good to see you. What a get. And over there, it's the scourge of the hour. Oh, it's Braden Stabina. Let me see if I can get the dead man to tell the tale, eh? Mr. Stabina, Mr. Stabina. Yes, Riley, how are you? Mr. Stabina, how are you feeling tonight? Oh, I'm feeling wonderful. My cheeks are flush and... Oh, I'm just so excited to be here at the grand opening of my protégé's new business establishment. Oh, what's made you finally decide to establish a business inside the walls of the city? Oh, you know, one thing kind of leads to another with these sorts of things, but you meet the right people and you get the right idea for a little place that you can call your own, and I'm just enchanted with this location, aren't you? Yes, we all are tonight, and and uh, this must be your young protege, a dragonborn. This must be Captain Avianosets. Hello, that's me. <laughs> How does it feel to be shattering stereotypes about dragons in Waterdeep and setting example for all the fire-breathing children at home? Wait, what are, what are the stereotypes about dragons in Waterdeep? Oh, just that, you're, you know, city killers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not that that's the opinion that we hold here at the water deep zoo. No, no, no. We we hoard. No, we get gold and then you give the gold back to the people through jobs. Ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's how you help the economy of. We build cities. The blood all trickles down. It's a trickle down. <laughs> ah, that's right. Just like the legend of King Trickle Down. <laughs> At that time, all that gold flooded out of a mountain. <laughs> and to the people, yes, that's how that works. So, uh, Captain, would you care to address the rumors that your ship has gone missing? Uh, next question, <laughs> goodbye. She runs away from the reporter. <clears throat> and you, what's your name over here? Is this, is this Zig of the Alibi? <laughs> Yes, that's that's right. It's me. What's, What's up? up? 
Um, yes, I've decided to expand, and I am also a part of this venture. Please come join us and enjoy the festivities. What a speech from Zig from the Alibi! And, uh, <laughs> and he looks at you, Mizra, and he says, uh, and, uh, what's your name? <laughs> uh, Mizra Tistin. Mizra Tistin, how does it feel to be in the entourage of such a philanthropic pillar of the community as these three? Well, I gotta say, I feel uh, protected, or at least I hope. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's good. It's very nice. What a weird interviews tonight from the board of directors <laughs> of the Dragoon Saloon. <laughs> and if you'd like to be trickled upon, come on down to the Dragoon Saloon. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. A bunch of tricklers open up a casino down here in Troll Skull Alley. Oh, look. They're about to do a big speech for the ribbon cutting. Oh, God. I can't see through all the lights. Which one of them is standing up there? Got it. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Hello, hello. Thank you all for coming. Yes, please form a single file line and make sure you have your pocketbooks ready and full of money to spend at the casino. Okay, I'm so excited to do this. Where are the giant scissors? Uh, though walks up with giant scissors. They're gold. Yes, of course. Only the finest. We've spared no expense. And he cuts the ribbon. Hey! The crowd erupts in applause as the ribbon falls away and the front doors of the casino uh, swing open with uh, bodyguards on either side as the crowds begin to to pour into the uh, building. Uh, What do you guys want to do? Are you going to head inside? Yes, let's all go yeah, inside. I, yeah. I want to mm-hmm. start to find some fancy people to steal a handkerchief. That is like my one mission tonight, and and not getting arrested. That's weirdly specific. <laughs> what's that? What's that you just said about stealing from people? No, not to him. He's out of character. <laughs> <laughs> the interior of Troll Skull Manor has changed dramatically in the preceding weeks. The floors of the second floor have been dug out and reshaped into a second-story balcony, while still leaving your bedrooms intact. And the higher ceiling allows for a massive chandelier to be added from Brayden's spoil shack. There is a large stage towards the back of the room where a green-skinned tiefling with red horns and a white suit dazzles the audience with punchy songs and a lot of crowd work. There are gambling tables set up nearby with everything from Pharaoh to Three Dragon Ante to exotic new games with exotic new dealers. The room is packed with guests from people you've invited to the Toast of the Upper Crust. Uh, Is there anything in particular that you guys want to make sure is part of your casino? Well, I definitely think someone should be selling opium. Did we already (laughs) get it set up? There is a sort of like a discreet curtain off towards the side, and with your advanced uh, vampire nose, you know that's you know that your plans have come to fruition. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And uh, is uh, is um, some good stew on in the kitchen? Uh, you glance over, and you can see that there is a uh, a cafe, sort of immediately to the right of the entrance, that uh, has tables inside, but also has a sort of patio situation where people can dine in Troll Skull Alley. And there is an open kitchen window, as is the fashion these days. And you see a uh, a very large uh, uh, hill giant um, in the in the kitchen who is who is stirring a a pot of something uh, meaty and bubbly, and he gives you a little wink and a wave. And the kitchen is uh, visible from the main casino floor. Yeah, but it's like a, it's kind of like fancy, you know, it's sort of supposed to invoke like old paintings you might see in your, uh, in your pool room. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, great. Uh, well, I'm going to mingle uh, with uh, all of the fine folks that are here. Uh, Misra as my bodyguard, why don't you... Uh, why don't you make sure you stick by me and uh, maybe we can uh, work on some side quest of yours at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Find a handkerchief. As you, as, you, as you step into the casino, a spotlight comes down on you and almost out of nowhere, <laughs> though, appears with a uh, <laughs> uh, stone of crow phone and, uh, and announces you. Uh, introducing... Hold on, let me just grab this really quick. <laughs> Introducing the Scourge of Fania, the man of the hour, the one who can't be kept down. <laughs> yes, Someone's I'm just revving my motorcycle. 
Well, put your motorcycle away and come on up here. Uh, Breeden, can you uh, come up and describe what you're wearing? Sure. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is a fine designer suit. Uh, and uh, you can see it has this gold fringe on it. Uh, it's all black. So if I stood in a dark room, you would hardly see me. But when the light catches upon me, you can see the gold thread, which is true gold. Oh, isn't it wonderful? And a black cape that I can swoosh around. <laughs> Everyone applauds as you make your way into the crowd. Uh, I actually meant Mike describe it, but I like this better. So <laughs> <laughs> This episode opens with two introductions, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Next up is uh, Blit, uh, the captain of the Crown of Midas, Blitz Aviano sets. And the crowd goes wild. Now, what are you wearing, Blitz? She has the glint leather armor on, which is like, it's black leather armor, but it has like very thick uh, gold trim around each of the panels. So like the shoulders have like these three panels and they look kind of spiky. And uh, she has this very cool belt for her dagger and rapier that is all gold. And then on the buckle, it has an Aviano sets A. So when you say Aviano sets A, do you mean they're like branded? Yes. Okay, yes, great. Yeah, no, they're gold and they have... If they were ever left at the crime scene, that would be bad for us. It would be very bad. (laughs) (laughs) They are very identifiable. And then she also has like a little cool looking tiara that is gold, but then like the stone in it is uh, sapphire. Okay, and you make your way into the crowd. Up next... The real star of the evening, Zig of the <laughs> Alibi. Uh, Zig steps up and uh, just waves kind of uh, Miss America or like pageant <laughs> style. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm just going to... Zig would never like describe what they're wearing. So I'm just going to say it. It's a silky, elaborate robe um, with gold thread. It's black in color, but it has like gold thread detailing and it's got these long sleeves that have like uh, golden leaves, like a pattern that gets like busier at the bottom and then lighter and more black as it goes towards the hands. Very fancy. And in case anyone is wondering, um, this Amazing creation is by my dear friend Moriana. You all should check her out. You are too kind, Sig. Yes. And just gonna walk right in. And finally, it's oh, um, Dorcas Chimera. Bezer, what are you wearing? Uh, <laughs> um, she is wearing very tight, uh, like black high waisted pants. With like a button fly in the top, um, and then like a, a very like just a probably the same shirt she always wears, like a plain white shirt, um, a very extreme cape over it. It's like a black um, leathery velvet looking cape, very good for like being discreet, and it's kind of like Braden esque. She probably got the the cape from him, where he was like, "Here, be discreet, look fancy," and gave her a cape or something of that nonsense. Um, but she's also wearing a hat from um, Never Caught. Oh, nice. What color is the hat? I'm going to say it's a nice, like, deep burgundy. Ooh, I like that. Very fancy. Are you wearing the sunglasses? Yes. <laughs> what a gangster. Uh, I'm like, it's like, I, I, I kind of think of, like, almost Invisible Man style, but as a drow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay, that rules. Misra, as you look around the room, why don't you make a perception check? That is a 21. Oh boy. Okay. As you look around the room, you see there are no shortage of nobles at the party. Um, and uh, th- th- none of them immediately seem to be carrying handkerchiefs, but then you hear a sneeze and you turn to see a man offering his handkerchief to another man. But before you can make a move, those steps in your line of sight. Um, Mizra, can I speak to you alone in your bedroom for a moment? Uh, all the way in the attic? <laughs> Christ. Okay. Just use mine. <laughs> Can I speak to you alone in Zig's bedroom for a second? <laughs> That's not weird. <laughs> uh, Zig, Zig, check on me in five minutes, please. Will do. You got it, girl. And then she walks away with with uh, with Vo. Okay, so the two of you walk into Zig's bedroom, and Vo sort of hangs around at the door and says, "Listen, you've been here for a month, and you've already got a list of crimes as long as my arm. Somebody posted these right outside." She passes you your wanted poster, and the portrait looks meaner than before. 
We can't have you going around shooting arrows at every guest who looks at you wrong. It reflects poorly on Zig. Do you understand? I wasn't the only one involved. Everyone here was also involved and none of their faces were on any of these. That's right. None of their faces are on any of these. I'm glad you understand why it's best for everyone if you enjoy the rest of the party from in here. And suddenly, Tho's duplicate disappears, leaving you alone in the bedroom. And the door is locked. Cool. I presume. I'm sorry you're not feeling well, Dorcas. Just take these potions and maybe crack a window, and I'm sure you'll be feeling fine in no time. Listen, I told Zig to check on me, so... (laughs) Can I roll a a, a constitution check to see how drunk Zig is at this point? Would that be okay? Fine, you can do that right now. (laughs) How drunk is Zig immediately, (laughs) if you want. Perfect! What did you roll? <laughs> I rolled a three. Okay, you're so, wasted. Because Zig is already wasted, they're going to completely, like, though is their right-hand person, you know? Like, so they would never sober go against what though is doing, but because... Zig doesn't, Zig doesn't not- know any of this is happening. <laughs> Mizra, what are you doing? Um, I, I did say, I did ask Zig to check on me in five minutes, so I don't know if that still holds, but that does. I also wanted to see, when you were asking about the casino, did we build in any kind of mechanic in in the building um, while we were making the casino to have escape routes or anything that connects our rooms or anything like that, any kind of quick getaway from like the casino area to our room if we need a quick retreat or anything like well, that? Well, why don't we determine that with a perception check? Uh, that's an 11. An 11. Uh, you don't seem to notice anything immediately that, uh, in, in way of a secret entrance, maybe Zig has disguised their room extra hard to be, uh, awesome. to be inescapable. Now, can you remind me, is Zig's room on the first floor, the second floor, where it, where's the location of the room in the manor? I believe it's the top bedroom on the third floor. The non-master bedroom on the third floor. Okay, um, can I see if <laughs> can I see if Bo just left the door unlocked? Go for it. <laughs> what should I roll? Uh, I mean, you could just you could just use your hand. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking the door. The door is locked, and there is a faint blue glow from the spell Arcane Lock. Dang! Oh, great. That's lovely. Okay, um, let me go through some stuff here. What do I have here? Who's that? Okay, no, that's not a good one. Oh man, I don't actually really know what I should do right now. Can I look around Zig's room and see if there's anything I can use to either like undo the lock or like if the window, if I... Okay, Zig's gotta have some rope in the room, let's be real. Can I try to find, can I try to find some rope in Zig's room and just crawl out the through the window and go down that way? This is what I was hoping for when you designed these. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, can you make an investigation check? You got just it. roll up the sheets. <laughs> That's a 15. So as you as you look around the room and investigate, what you, kind of rope do you want to find? <laughs> <laughs> It'll all work. You look all around the room. You, you get on your knees and look under the bed and sort of pick up the bed a little bit to to check under it. And as you put it back down, you trigger something, and chains spiral out. Oh my god! From the bedpost. Damn zig. Okay. Uh, you, you thought before was just part of the design, but <laughs> so you have these two large snake-like chains and cuffs that are now lying on the floor hell yeah okay <laughs> she's gonna take them mm-hmm. um and try to see if there's a way does is the bed close enough to the window that i could latch one on a bedpost and then use the other one as kind of a pulley or not a pulley um like a rope just i want to stake the one end the handcuff around the bedpost and then use the other the side of it as leverage going down uh yes there's sort of a window on either side of the bed and, and you could shift it up so the bed post is right up against the window yes i want to do that and i'm also going to um pre-latch the other one onto the end of the existing so in the last chain link of the first one i'm going to hook the handcuff so that the rope that now the chain rope is twice as long very proud of you for coming up with this solution mm. <laughs> Uh, Okay, great. Uh, But make a sleight of hand check to detach one of the chains from the bedpost. Oh, you got it. That's a 12. Uh, Yeah, that's a low DC. You got it. Cool. So I'm crawling out the window. (laughs) Uh, If the window opens, cool. If not, then I will bust it open. Yeah, it is closed. Make a strength check. 16. 
<laughs> you kick the window out, and, <laughs> and it uh, miraculously hangs on its broken hinge. It does not fall to the ground and shatter into the roaring crowd of fans outside. My window! Misra breathes a sigh of relief. <laughs> and you can uh, throw the chain out and make your way down if you like. I would like. If you like. Would you like athletics or acrobatics? <laughs> uh, athletics, I think. That's a 13. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. You throw the chains out the window and you manage to scale down. You do fall the last couple of feet. Like it's not a perfect length down to the ground, but you manage to recover without anybody noticing. And now you've made your way uh, into the crowd outside of the uh, casino. And you are. Cool. I would like to use disguise self. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cool. What do you look like? Um, I look like... What is the... What are the nobles of Waterdeep again? Are they... All all noble houses of Waterdeep are human. Okay. So Mazer's gonna disguise self as a human then. Like a very lavish uh, human woman um, that has like... 20s 30s vibe so blonde hair kind of whooshy and finger waves over to the side mm-hmm. um, a white fur shrug over her shoulders and then a navy gown that has um, a very large slit up the right side <laughs> that, oh, ow. Uh, that rules and uh, <laughs> and I assume you just make your way back inside the casino yes Okay, great. Well, as you do that, we are going to cut back to... Zig knocking on the door. Mizra! <laughs> Mizra, are you good? That is that is exactly right. We cut back to Zig, who has somehow, and somewhat concerningly at this point, become immediately wasted at, at the party. It's um, this wine! It just gets me every time. I know, it's really good. It really is. <laughs> um... You knock on the door and you do not see, you do not uh, receive a response from anyone. Mm. I, I try to open it. It will not open. Mm. I shake it. <laughs> <laughs> it opens. No, it doesn't. It's still, it's still running. <laughs> Zig, Zig, what are you doing up there? Is that Moriana or is that though? It's Moriana. Oh, fantastic. Ah, I recognize the voice. Nothing, my dear. Just checking on a friend. Screw your friends. I am your friend. <laughs> Get down here. You are so right. So Moriana walks up to you with her lips puckered. She kisses you on both cheeks. She's wearing an exquisite gown of emerald furs mm. and a large cloak that drags behind her on the ground. And you see the other party goers taking care not to tread on it. How are you enjoying the party? Zig, this party, this casino, you've done a marvelous job choosing bedfellows. Mwah, mwah. You must tell me, <laughs> who is your enchanter? These chandeliers, they cannot be real. Ah, uh, well, you know, if I told you, then I'd have to share them, and that's not really my thing. You know that, Moriana. Zig, you devil. But I don't know. Buy me some drinks. We'll see what happens. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, oh, me! Let's go to the bar. <laughs> she And uh, the two of you head over to the bar, uh, where... You can see Onger behind the bar making, making uh, cocktails Yay! as usual with her bare hands. I love her. She gives mm-hmm. you a nod and starts making you something without even talking to you. Yeah. No, she knows me. And Moriana looks around conspiratorially and slips into Elvish and says, Garcinero, what have you heard of business? You're technically in their territory now, and I hear they have agents everywhere, and not all of them are human. Because they're uh, a little inebriated, Zig will roll their eyes and then sort of catch themselves. Politics are politics, and I can respect what these young blood is trying to do. I just... mm, I'm not entirely convinced. You understand? I think the Crown Ward, it has a certain charm that will be lost if they have their way. Politics. Ugh. We shall speak of them no more. And she spits on the ground as you see somebody approaches <laughs> and sidles up beside you on the bar. She sort of changes the subject. Where is Folotham tonight? I thought he would be in attendance to see what you've done with his generosity. 
Me too, but I haven't caught a glimpse of him yet. Hopefully he'll join us. I would be offended if he didn't. So rude of the man. Mm. Always talking about how he wants to help out the community and he doesn't even come out for it. What do you say? Mm. Oh, oh God. Don't look behind you. And <laughs> and, <laughs> and behind you, you see Roman Jerebund, the young man from the Vintners, Distillers, and Brewers Guild. Uh, he's in a uh, more ceremonial suit of armor today, slim and silver, with a scarf draping over the breastplate and a subtle gray damask pattern. He's leaning on the bar with one elbow and talking to your employee, Hilda, in a sleek yellow dress with her trademark high collar, a shrug of raven feathers cascading off her shoulders. Ongar is making them a drink at the moment, and also she's looking rather dapper. She's in a navy vest and a floral tie, and she's got rolled up striped sleeves. And um, she's not uh, looking at the pair, but she's listening with a raised eyebrow. I am so happy right now. <laughs> uh, um, Zega sort of bumps uh, Moriana with their elbow and points and mouths, I made that happen. <laughs> Oh, and that's uh, something you take pride in, is it? I'm a regular Cupid. What do you want me to say, Moriana? Come on. Are you pulling her over to them? <laughs> yeah, why not? I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so you go over to them, and uh, you see Hilda smiling and nodding. And she says, uh, oh, is that so? And that's when I drove a war pick through their kegs and watched their year supply spill onto the floor like dragon's blood. Did you? Why, Zig? How grand to see you! And she rushes over and slips her arm in yours. Yeah. Roman was just telling me the most fascinating story about ruin a halfling family's livelihood. Tell it to Zig, Roman. They'll be missing out if you don't. Can you two excuse me? I gotta powder my ears. And she disappears into the crowd. <laughs> she runs. <laughs> <laughs> she slips your arm in Roman's as she goes. Okay. <laughs> yes, Roman, how are you? Tell me, how have you been since I last saw you? Any interesting inspections? What's this thing about the halflings? I've been enraptured, Zig, by this fascinating creature, Hilda. She knew the exact make and model of my grandfather's fob watch, real expert in her craft, so smart. And he pats his pockets as though wishing to show it to you, and then he sort of frowns, and he's like, where did I put that watch? Oh, well, I'm sure it'll turn up. She is a wonderful woman. Woman? Elf? Sorry. Am I using the wrong terminology? Half-elf woman. I think... Okay. I th I, well, who knows? Anyway. Okay, <laughs> sure. Woman. She is a wonderful woman, isn't she? And you, you're you're a great guy. I'm, I'm so happy you two connected. Yes, I, I owe it all to you, Zig. Truly, I am in your debt. Can I buy you a drink to show my appreciation? Yes. Unger knows what I like. <laughs> Unger uh, uh, pours you guys three drinks, and Moriana says, To Zig, the elf of the hour. Zig, make a constitution saving throw. <laughs> As Zig also says, To Zig! <laughs> 14, okay, I'm getting better. Yeah, you take that one like a champ. Roman's boring story sobered me up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there anything you would like to do here at the party? Uh, continue to so. I mean, let's continue just to socialize. socialize. Yeah, if, if I see anyone particularly important, I'll okay. approach them. But otherwise, just making sure I'm seen. Okay. Making sure everyone knows. I'm a. I'm a. Oh, can we say that like there's like either like in the napkins or like maybe some posters on the wall that say like sponsored by the alibi. Like I definitely want people to know that Zig is one of the owners. Oh, absolutely, yeah. definitely. Okay, cool. And there's yeah. and there's like little cards for the alibi all over the place. Yeah, that okay. is making I'm sure everybody it. takes notice of. Yeah. And uh, Roman says, uh, "Ah, Sig, might I introduce you to my superior? This is Hammond Cradog of the VDB. Uh, and you see a very old human man with the blue eyes of an Aluskan, wearing an outdated gray suit and seated in a wheelchair with a thick uh, blanket in his lap. And he's being wheeled towards you by a young tiefling girl with pale red skin and round gold spectacles on the bridge of her nose, dressed in a very smart tweed vest and black tie. And Roman says, Admiral Craydog has had a long career of snuffing out the ruffians whose interests and character go against the things that you and I value, Zig. 
Well, then, it is my absolute honor to make your acquaintance, Mr. Haman Cradog, was it? Yes. Oh, yes, you can stop it, Roman. You, you flatter me. And please, just call me Mr. Cradog, eh? I merely serve our community best I can, and if it flourishes, that is merely the result. How do you do? Uh, the tiefling uh, girl leans down and whispers something in his ear. He says, uh, yes, Zig, Zig, how do you do, Zig? Ah, uh, very well, and I have to say, your man Roman does an excellent job. He should definitely be up for a race soon, I should think. Wink, wink. Uh, Roman blushes. You know, I agree, certainly, but that sort of day-to-day business is out of my hands. But Roman has told me quite a bit about you, and I'm proud to hear that you're not getting mixed up with these adventure types. There's no place for that in Waterdeep. We are a civilized city. Swords and sorcery belong outside our walls. Wouldn't you agree, Ginny? Uh, the tiefling girl is sort of distracted by the grandeur of the casino and says, hmm? Oh, yes, of course, Mr. Craydog. Yes, of course, but I do have to say, it is nice of them to come in and spend their coin in town every now and then, if you know what I mean. We gotta give the people what they want. <laughs> On that, we certainly agree, Zig. Coin... It's the most important thing there is to a functioning city like this. Now, I've had several meetings with the nobility behind this crown board, and they say you've been hesitant to endorse them fully. I must recommend that you do. The coin is there, I assure you. These are young men with heads on their shoulders. Might I ask why you've been so reluctant to take their meeting? I suppose I've just been busy. It hasn't been on purpose that I've been absent. It's just, you know how it is. I'm running a business. I'm opening a second business. I'm just trying to do my part to make the crown ward better every day. Yes, and I... And suddenly, Mr. Craydog stops and everyone looks concerned for a moment. Mm. And you see his hands... (laughs) begin to shake, and he clutches his chest. I prepare a cure wounds. <laughs> he says, I, I think I, I, I think. And uh, Ginny drops her notebook and says, Mr. Craydog? <laughs> and gets on her knees and starts shaking his shoulder. What do you do? Mm, cure, cure, cure wounds. Yeah, sure. Okay, let's burn a spell slot. Help me! Somebody! Somebody help me! I'm gonna gently touch uh, Hammond. Um, touch him lightly on the forehead and cast Cure Wounds. And hope to God. I love that you're touching him on the forehead, Fritz. <laughs> I, well, I was thinking for a second that, like, my goddess is, you know, Leviatar, and, like, maybe I, I should, like, pinch him. Because, like, <laughs> she does shit through pain, but that just seems like it could go very wrong very fast. Heal for seven. Does that do anything? It does. Uh, you see that Mr. Uh, Crydog, uh, at your touch, sort of leans forward into it. And you can see that his eyes that had lulled back into his skull now sort of uh, refocus. He leans back in his chair with a sigh of relief. Uh, as you can see, Roman absolutely petrified right next to you. Oh, my heavens. Was the, What happened? Ah, oh, it appears you had a dizzy spell for a moment, but your girl Ginny here, she just... Oh. She got you back. Great move. Um, take a point of inspiration for that. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Um, I'm also gonna wink at Ginny, knowingly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, like, eventually, like, I, I if, if I get a chance to roleplay it out later, but, like, I want to give her, like, a card to the alibi. Like, come over, have a drink. Okay, great. Also, I'm going to give a point to Misra for that uh, chain thing. You also get a point of inspiration. Wherever you are. Mr. Craydog looks over to Ginny and he says, Ginny, I had no idea you had such talents hidden in those spirally little horns. Oh, yes. Um, well, maybe if you turn around behind this chair every once in a while. Oh, I need a drink of water, if you'll excuse me. Of course, and feel free to call out to me anytime you need me. Jenny sort of gives you a uh, look of thanks and uh, wheels you off, or wheels him off 
Yes, we, I am actually on the wheelchair with them. <laughs> your new ride. <laughs> this is your phantom yes, steed. take me there. <laughs> Blitz, is there anything you want to check on or I I need to test out the tables, obviously. Also, <laughs> I want to go around to make sure no one is cheating. Oh. Pit boss. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Make a perception check. No one better be taking my gold. We only want to be taking theirs. It's a ten! <laughs> <laughs> of course when it counts. <laughs> okay, so from what you can tell, the casino isn't just running smoothly. It's running with finesse. Excellent. Every single one of these card people, what are they called? Dealers? They're called dealers. Every single one of these dealers is wearing a sharp red vest and gold kerchief. Their tables filled with drunken nobles throwing their coin away on games you haven't even rigged yet. One of the dealers is a dwarven woman with a platinum beard, and you recognize her as Mirwin of the Alibi. And she's stern. I feel like I keep calling everybody stern. Janelle, what are gamblers like? Well, sometimes they pretend to look like kind of pitiful so that people think that they can get one up on them, and then they're like, boom, blackjack. Okay, yeah. Mirgwin displays no confidence. They're weak-wristed and sloppily dole out everyone's cards, but as you pass by, they steal a glance in your direction and wink. I, I, I give a big wink back, but I'm really bad at winking, so it's, like, real obvious. And I You look more like an alligator blinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, suddenly, you hear a dozen people cheer at once, drawing you to the tables for three dragon ante. Brayden, you recognize the dealer as your personal hire, Azanath. A sort of shark-mermaid hybrid who definitely has some swagin in there, watching the table with unblinking black eyes, sitting up in a saltwater tank on wheels. That's so cool. Azanath flashily shuffles the cards, and at one point she eats the deck and expels the cards through her gills without missing a beat. The gathered crowd seems fascinated by her tricks, but the two human men at the table stare only at each other. Ooh. The first man is sharp. He wears the audacious brooch and fat ring of a noble family, the ring inlaid with polished ivory and the pattern of an animal's fangs. He is drenched in perfume, and though the smell is overwhelming, you like it. You see the other players at the table have folded their hands as the sharp nobility locks eyes with his final opponent. I want to, because I'm curious now, see if I can, like, kind of sneak and, like, look at their cards to see, like, what's going on. Okay, make a stealth check. Sneaky sneaks. Okay, so if I'm successful at this, I get plus one to stealth rolls later. You roll a one. Everyone in the place is blinded. I got an 11. 11, great. You sneak through the crowd, the owner of the casino, completely mm-hmm, undetected mm-hmm, by all the people mm-hmm, here to see you. Bum, bum. But as you're looking at his cards, you're distracted by the gold rapier hanging at his hip. Is it as nice as mine? This is important. Make a perception check. Nine. It is nicer than yours. (gasps) Not okay. What's more, it's in this new popular style of hilt that the other guy has as well, where you can Mm. see the tang through a cutout in the handle and runes etched on the blade up near the guard. I want that sword. But as you glance up from this beautiful weapon, you notice the eyes of the other player for just a moment before they're hidden by the brim of a short and slanted top hat. You realize the noble in this high-stakes game is Rinair Neverember. <gasps> cool. You know, I've known you all my life, Porter, and accomplished swordsman though I am, never once have I approached defeating you. The opportunity, as it presents itself here, has driven me bold. Oh. You forget, Neverember. I've known you just as long, and never once have I known you to be bold. Fuck that guy. He takes a sip of champagne, and everyone around sort of claps and laughs like this is the game they're really watching. And even Renair seems to nod like, all right, okay. Blitz goes over to behind Renair and like starts like giving him like a massage on his shoulders like, you got this. <laughs> oh, Captain, how lovely it is to see you again, even if it must be in the presence of such dastardly company. Oh, this guy? The guy across the table from you nods and lifts his flute of champagne at you. I, I kind of just, like, glare at him and trying to, like, look look intimidating. But then I whisper to Rainier, 
if you think you have him beat, try and get this sword, because I really want this sword. Please, thank you. Why don't you join us here at the table, Captain? I'm so impressed by your opening. It would be a pleasure to further our acquaintance. Okay. <laughs> sit down. Oh, well, if if we're all joining in... <laughs> I would love an opportunity to lose my money to you fine fellows I, and here at the auspicious opening of the Dragon t- Saloon. coin. It's a... <laughs> you all stand to win even more if you can defeat the great Braden Stabiner. <laughs> I'm in the scene now. <laughs> the more the merrier, Lord Braden. I was actually about to invite you anyways. Oh, yes. Lord Braden, this is Lord Porter Filand of the Northward Filands. Good to see you, Master Braden. We met a decade ago at Corliss Than's divorce ritual. I'm sure you don't remember me. Mm, is it Lord now, Porter? <laughs> oh, yes. I've been doing the legwork, you can say. Oh, I'll have to chat your ear off about it. But in the meantime, why don't you lose some money to me? <laughs> I can think of no better way to spend. So are we gonna are we gonna play some cards? Are we gonna are we gonna gamble? Yes, let us do that. Sleight of hand. If you are cheating, perhaps I will have you thrown out of this place. I own it. Well, we both own it. <laughs> we are gonna gamble, but I don't really know what that's about. So we're just gonna roll a straight d twenty. Mmm, not what I wanted you to say. <laughs> or you know what? Why don't we just make it a sleight of hand for the draw? Yeah, that's what we should do. I agree. <laughs> By all means, uh, let our let our fine dealer deal us the deal. The card shark Azanat smiles over at you. Fantastic. And welcome to the table, boss. <laughs> of course, Azanat. There's no one I'd rather have at my table, but no special treatment for me or any of the other owners, you understand. But if you want to, that's cool. <laughs> special treatment, please. Thank you. Oh, don't worry. I'm a professional card shark. <laughs> a shark after my own heart. Not today. <laughs> Blitz, what did you roll? A 15. And... I rolled a natural 20. Wink, wink. No, I rolled a 13. <laughs> do you want to put any money in here? Do you want yes. to bet anything? What do you want? How much money do I have? <laughs> you have a thousand gold. I put... 200 gold. 200 gold down, a relevant number. <laughs> what about you, Brayden? You know what? I am feeling very confident and flush with the victory of having opened this wonderful saloon. So I shall see your bet and put down 200 gold of my own. And as you do that, Porter looks up at you, and then he glances down at his cards and looks back up in your eyes and says... Why don't we make this interesting? Mm-hmm. Playing for gold in your own casino seems a little gauche. There's no stake in that, and that's no fun for you, is it? Oh, okay. Why don't we gamble for favors? Can we gamble for your sword, though? My sword? Mm-hmm. You see his hand shifting on the hilt of his sword, and he sort of cocks an eyebrow at you. What do you like about it? Uh, mainly that it's gold. I also like the jewels that are on it. Um, I have a thing for gold weapons, as you can see. I display my gold weapons. Oh, <laughs> uh, he seems to interpret that as though you're flirting with him and gives you a wink. Oh, no. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, Porter, I, I know better than to bet for favors with you, but... Uh, Blitz, by all means. You know, this is a little too rich for my blood, but... Uh, uh, if you think you have the hand, then uh, by all means, let's see what you have, my young ward. I mean, but I'll, I'll do the favor thing, but also, can we do the sword? <laughs> yeah, the favor could be for him to give you the sword, oh, right, okay. Porter? That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense to me. What do you think, Porter? I like it. I'm out, says Renair, folding his cards. A, d- a drink for my friend in the ear while he just waits to find out what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, Blitz, you rolled. What was it? A fifteen. <laughs> Are you gonna stay in? Uh. <laughs> You're gonna stay in. Okay, great. Yeah. I want the sword. <laughs> you play several hands back and forth, trading coins until your hoard is nearly empty. Mm. An element of three dragon ante, of which we are both aware. Mm. Then you draw three dragons, <laughs> which you assume is good, knowing how to play the game like I do too. Also, dragon, dragon, dragon. 
Is that how it works? <laughs> but then Porter lays down his cards. A color sweet, centered on the Dragon Slayer, which discards a dragon from your flight and knocks your strength below his. Azanath pushes the remaining gold toward Porter. You lose. This is unfortunate and not how I thought this was going to go. Winning a favor off the owner of a casino. That just might be worth every dragon in the city. And with that, Porter stands with a swish of his cape and makes his way back into the party. Uh, what an auspicious evening. You see, when you are the owners of a casino, you have to give the people on the first night the chance to win some of your money, don't you think? My young lord? Or favors or whatever. Yeah. The other people have to win a little. We're the host. Okay, it's but, only polite. but because we did the favor thing, then I get to take this back and I take that with 200 gold. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> you hear someone whispering in the crowd. You see, that's what they say about dragons. <laughs> that is rude! <laughs> I give back the gold, Jesus! And I just pout. There are always dragoons to be found at the Dragoon Salon. <laughs> drinks for everyone. Drinks for Renair and drinks for Porter. A port, Porter? <laughs> and uh, drinks for my young war. I would like vodka, please. I do not feel great now after that. Uh, Renair plucks a glass of vodka from an incoming tray and hands it to you solemnly. There you are, old girl. Excellent. Everyone has drinks. You played quite well, Blitz. That port is just... That's odd. I feel as though I hear diegetic trumpets. And Blitz, you do hear something. The sound of trumpets. Okay. Familiar trumpets. What kind of familiar trumpet? Oh my god. It's a tune that you know by heart. Mm -hmm. As you look towards the door and your heart... Six. Oh god. Oh shit. Oh no. Two diminutive figures stand on either side of the door. What? <laughs> draped in bronze armor. They look almost like dragonborn, but are half the height and lithe like children. I one holds a round golden shield that bears the scars of war, and one holds a golden spear tipped with a blue crystal in the shape of a lightning bolt. And both have golden collars around their necks. Yeah, Blitz, just run. <laughs> She hears the trumpets, like her heart sinks, and she immediately goes, oh shit, and like dives like into a crowd. You recognize them as kobolds, okay. a race enslaved by your family on the island now known as Fort Guildwright. Do I see any? The shimmer of Regan's golden armor enters the room even before she does. Uh... She's taller than you, more muscular, yet somehow more elegant. Her narrow eyes relax like everything she sees was just as she predicted. Her horns don't curl like yours, but are swept back in a smooth arc, veined somehow with gold in a way that resembles lightning cracking down from a storm cloud. She wears no clothing but an unbroken lightning bolt of solid gold wrapped and woven many times around her body to present the idea of a gown while offering none of its modesty. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> she begins to scan the party like a hungry predator, which, as you well know, describes your sister perfectly. <laughs> Though glances nervously in your direction. Okay. Then announces, Presenting. <laughs> the storm of the shining sea, the thunder under Calimport, she who would sink the world and captain of the pride of Midas, Captain Regan Avianosets. <laughs> This has been Abandoned Quest, a production of Sea Monsters Etc. Featuring Mike Allen as Breeden Stabiner, Janelle Irene Lawson as Blitz Avianosets, Sarah Nagel as Zig, and Carlina Manzi as Misra Tiston. Original theme music by Totally Futuristic, who you can find on Instagram at Totally Futuristic. Character and album illustration by Jem, who you can find on Instagram at Made Fetish. 
This episode was edited by Donnie Knowles and Mike Allen. As always, special shout out to our patrons, Andrew Perez, Ryan Bowling, Jonathan Schwartz, Kiki Wilbur, Sammy Hanna, MC Allen, and Maximilian Mycroft Meath. So, let's address the Loxodon in the room? This episode took a crazy long time to come out. I'll do a video about this for the wild technical problems and how to avoid them on Patreon. Our pickup sessions had an entirely different audio problem, so I had to feed all this into a transcription program and listen, it was a lot, but we're gonna have transcripts available of every episode at some point, and that's great for everybody. Also, we've been busy with our Twitch channel, which just made affiliate thanks to you guys. Come watch our own vampire boy, Mike Allen, lead us through Curse of Strahd. We've got nine episodes of that up on our Twitch, as well as me and him doing a buddy quest through Baldur's Gate 3's early release build. I also ran a one-shot based on the game Hades, and while there are still some mechanical kinks to work out, I had an absolute blast doing all the voices, little ladies. Anyway, for those of you following at home with our campaign guide, this episode officially kicks off our third arc, and soon these technical holdups will be a thing of the past, and every delay will be entirely on me, so fun. But I carry on, because, as we always say at Abandoned Quest, don't give up.